Yeah. Marshawn Lynch face. Donald Trump face. I don't know why I just. Shout out to the Don. Oh, yay. Okay. Don's going to get us all killed. Yeah. I don't know why you went Don face first out the gate, but all right. I see what energy you are on. Um, not going to what's up, what's happening to you. Uh, NFL happened this week, and it happened in a big it way. It happened. And I thought that I would be more excited about it, but I'm really not, I guess, because the writing was on the wall. So I'm going to just dive right in, and then, you know, we can we can chop city it. Here we go. The end of an era. Who knew? October 27, October 2017, pardon me, shockwaves went throughout the NFL after the New England Patriots traded away their heir apparent Jimmy Garoppolo to the San Francisco 49ers in exchange for a second round pick in the 2018 NFL draft. The Patriots orchestrated a record eight trades in that, tra- in that draft, ultimately selecting nine players, making it kind of difficult to tell what really manifested from the trade other than Belichick experiencing a setback. Back in 2016, while Brady was serving a four-game suspension for Deflategate, Garoppolo started two games in his stead, going perfect in those games with two, with four, pardon me, touchdown passes and zero interceptions, earning himself a 113 passer rating. Not too bad. Um, It was a brief stint. However, he seemed to pass the eye test. We all witnessed it. We all thought it. We all said it. Garoppolo will be Belichick's next great quarterback. The rumors swirled all season long. The narratives were set. Brady was gone, and a new era would ensue under Jimmy G. Now, why would the Patriots move on from a four-time MVP winner and, at the time, five Super Bowl ranks? Belichick is notorious for this play. He's a proactive, not reactive type of general manager slash head coach. Brady wouldn't be the first and certainly not the last to endure exile while still being able to compete at a somewhat high level. It's no secret that Brady's career goal is to play until he's 45 with the organization that drafted him 20 years ago. Just like you and I heard the rumors, I'm sure Brady felt them and heard them as well. The story was Brady, a beloved beloved non-paternal son to Patriots owner Robert Kraft, went to his football dad and pleaded his case. He probably poured his heart out about his work, about how he's worked so hard for this organization, going from a seventh-round draft pick to the greatest quarterback of all time. I'm sure he reminded Mr. Kraft of all the hometown discounts he's given over the years, about how he's more deserving of a so-called max contract more than any other player in the league, yet he's around second tier in salary. And I'm sure Mr. Kraft bought into it all. Seemingly, he did. It was my theory that I've expressed here on this podcast that Robert Kraft went to Belichick and asked for two or three more years with Brady at the helm. And after that, there will be a reconvening. Lo and behold, Jimmy G was traded, leaving Brady the unquestionable starting quarterback for the New England Patriots for the next couple of seasons. Fast forward to today, uh, two and a half years off the heels of that trade. Uh, One Thomas Brady is without a contract for the upcoming season. Coincidental or calculated? Now, here's the dilemma. In 2016, um, it was more realistic for Belichick to cut Tom Brady 
um, more so than it is now because the backup quarterback now, Jared Stidham, I don't know either, um, isn't exactly your ideal man to replace the GOAT. Sure, Belichick can go get himself a quarterback, probably Teddy Bridgewater, if I had to guess, but it's hard to say. Brady has already declared he's not likely to retire this year, and he's not interested in the hometown discounts he's been so graciously granting the Patriots in the past. More glaring, Belichick has never been one to grant huge contracts, especially to aging players. So who breaks here? Which brings me to my next set of questions. Why didn't Belichick address the tight end issues after Gronk retired? Why did he unprecedentedly draft a wide receiver in the first round of the 2019 draft who appears to be an early bust? Talking about Nikhil Harry. Um, with a relatively cheap salary at quarterback, why hasn't he put the necessary pieces around Brady to ensure offensive success? Did Belichick sabotage Brady to make a case for not resigning him? Or is he still upset about being forced to trade away his guy, Jimmy G? So if it's the end of an era, the death of the dynasty, the culmination of a dynamic run and uh, in the NFL that we've never before seen, who will it be at the behest of? Tom or Bill? Who leaves? Who stays? Robert Kraft wants Tom Brady to stay. Belichick clearly does not. It's easier for Belichick to make his case as age doesn't affect his job as it would for a player. So who wins out? Nobody really knows, except maybe, perhaps, Bill Belichick. So what's say you? I had the conversation. Um, shout out, listen to the show. I had this conversation with my coworker, uh, Gio. And Gio is under the impression that Tom Brady doesn't get six rings without Bill Belichick. He feels like he's been homegrown in the system for his whole career and hasn't had to readjust uh, to playing styles and learning new, uh, learning new systems. I'm on Where, board. huh? I'm on board. His, his stance is uh, you have Manning who went through several coaches, several offensive coordinators, and even went to a different team. Um, and one on two different teams. Brady has had the luxury of having one coach his entire career, one system his entire career, and Belichick drafts in a way where it's for a 52-man roster, not just for one position player. Right. With the luxury of having the same coach, the same offense so to speak he says it benefit it been it's benefited tom brady more than brady has benefited belichick we've had this conversation up here numerous times about brady or belichick who's more impactful to the organization and it's like the what came first the chicken or the egg right i do feel like um we have said father time is undefeated we said all year that the patriots did not look impressive in fact their schedule favored them because they had the weakest eight game um opponents 
in the NFL. They, their their schedule was it played to their strength on having a really, 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 really favorable schedule the first eight weeks of the season. Season starts, Patriots come out, they look like, yep, this is going to be a 13-win minimum season because they look dominant, they're they're locking teams down, defense looks like it's stopping people, and then we get to the games that matter. Right. Uh, I'm trying to pull up exactly when this uh, descent started. Bear with me. What week was their first loss? Was that against uh, Baltimore? It was the Ravens, no? That's what I keep saying. I don't, I don't know if Baltimore was first or if it was uh, the Texans because the Texans did beat them too. Yeah, I think it, I think it was Baltimore Texans Chiefs. Okay, if I'm not mistaken, but I believe that was the order. We've been saying this entire time that Brady did not look like Brady. Um, I don't. I don't want to say it was sabotage, but for somebody who's known to draft like an entire team or build an entire team and not necessarily give anybody um, big paydays, I would have to go on the other side of that and say Brady taking pay cuts has enabled them to do what they've done minimally around him in terms of defense or whatever they needed to do to put in place. He's given them discounts so that they could produce results. Right. This year, Tom has already made it known, nigga, I'm not doing a discount. We're we're working on uh, max numbers. I don't think Belichick's going to give him his money. And I think when that whole thing started, when he wanted to get rid of Brady and went to Robert Kraft, Brady went to Kraft and said, hey, look, let me just get him for a couple more years and then we'll, 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 we'll talk about, we'll, we'll readdress this when the time is right. Yeah. Um, not that it matters. I had a source tell me in the beginning of the season, very reliable, that Brady actually put his house up for sale before the season started. And the writing was on a wall that he was either walking away or um, something else was going to happen by the end of the season. Yeah. his And his trainer, the, uh, the Alex guy, he also put his house up for sale. His, his house actually was purchased. So Alex is gone, which I mean, it's the script is written if you ask me. Like this is the trainer that I've had for X amount of years who has, you know, gotten me into the the shape that I'm in now, giving me the ability to play at a high level at this age, you know, without injury and he's traveling with the team and he's on the team playing until, you know, Belichick shut that down. Um he's leave he's gone. And the only place, the only other place 
Tom Brady has a house right now is L.A. So, you know, there's speculation out there about the Chargers who, you know, they need the, the ticket sales for the new stadium that they're moving into. They don't really have the fan base like that in L.A. Um, his wife's a supermodel. There's no better place to, you know, to be as a supermodel than probably L.A. or New York. So it's, it just seems to all lay out for him perfectly. Uh, I, I can't see Belichick giving him the money. Not at this age, not after this year's performance. Um, I don't want to, I don't, to me, Julian Edelman got MVP last year, the Super Bowl. So it's like, oh, he's working, oh, he doesn't have anybody. Like, he has Julian Edelman. Like, he was there, he's been there, he's been Brady's go-to guy. The Titan, the Titan thing is a real issue because they pretty much open up the middle of the field for you. So if you don't really have a tight end, then it is going to be difficult. Um, I think that goes back to I think that goes back to uh, Geo's point of Belichick drafted an entire team. So in his mind, I can plug anybody here, and I'll have success. You had Ben Watson before. You got Hernandez and Gronk around the same time. Yeah, the Bennett um, brother. Yeah. So uh, it, it worked. It it seems like Belichick's mindset is this system has worked. It's proven to work. Brady gets injured, like you said. Garoppolo comes in. He wins a couple games. Like it's it's a plug and play type thing. Like okay, I feel like it's a Spurs s type thing where we don't have to reconstruct our whole offense around one person. No, you're gonna fit in how we have it set here. Right, and that's probably going to be Belichick's argument, you know, when when it comes down to it. Like, this has been us for the past 20 years. Players move on all the time. Danny Amendola, um, the other little guy, uh, Wes Welker, Randy Moss. Like, they all move on, pretty much still at their peak. But yet, some way, somehow, you plug in the next guy, and the Patriots are still winning their division, making runs in the playoffs, making Super Bowl appearances, winning six times. And, you know, to Belichick's credit, it's like, listen, we've been doing this for 20 years. It's worked for us for 20 years up until now. Why do you think that is? This guy is beyond his prime. We need to move on from him. And um, the point I was trying to make before is like, He's too old to get that money. Like, this isn't the NBA. This, you're not Kobe Bryant. Belichick is of a different breed. He's like, listen, I can get somebody in here. We did it with Jimmy. We did it with Jacoby. Hell, we did it with you, Brady. Yes, essentially, you weren't the star here. You yeah, came in. you weren't the star. You were a backup. Our guy got hurt, and we had to plug you in, and here we are. You know, it's worked for us, but this is the, this is the Patriot way. And um, I thought I would be, like I said before, I thought I would be, like, happy about this, but it kind of seems like it is what it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the death of a dynasty, I thought it would have been, like, finally, these niggas are done. Get the Patriots out of here. New era. Lamar. Patty Mahomes. Watson. Yeah. Black quarterbacks. Yeah. 
You know why I think it's underwhelming to you? Um, because it's the first round. They had a bye. They had a bye. Um, no, they didn't have a bye. They, they played in the wild card weekend. They didn't have a bye. I'm sorry. They. Um, I feel like it's underwhelming because it's like first round. Had it been Lamar or Patty taking them out in the AFC Championship or Maybe. even the Super Bowl, yeah. I think it would have been more jubilation. And first off, Swift, you ain't slick coming up, giving up the, uh, <laughs> making it seem like you, you, you're, you're, it is what it is. Don't steal my joy, nigga. No, who's coming up here to clown you for this very reason? Because we said when them niggas get bounced, we would have you back up here to, uh, to chew you out about that, but then you want to get on, beat the... the, the... He, he got ahead of it. Yeah, this nigga think yeah. he's slick. Yeah, he got ahead of it. Yeah, but, and uh, yeah, I don't really feel good about Ryan Tannehill and and you know Derrick Henry sending Brady packing. You know what I mean? Like, but the coach of the Titans is an ex Patriot player, so that kind of if anybody knows how to beat Bill Belichick, it should be somebody that sat under him and played with him and won with him. Yeah, they couldn't do nothing with Derrick Henry. Fam. I looked at that game and said, that is a grown man running. Bro, that thing is like the size of a DB as a running back, like flying up the field. They couldn't do nothing with homie. I was watching that game, and he was carrying linemen for 10 yards. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a Mack truck. <laughs> Big as hell. This is going to... This is going to uh, not segue me, but it's going to help me lead into a, a, the next point. But, yeah, that was a, sh a shock and them niggas sending the Patriots home. But uh, I started out by telling you about the, the their schedule. Yeah, they looked dominant. The first two games, it was 33-3 and 43 nothing, And then scores started to get a little bit closer where the Patriots offense wasn't doing anything. And it was several times Brady kept saying, yeah, we, we don't have it together offensively. They yeah. won a game 16-10. They won um they won another uh where is that? Eagles, that was a 17-10 victory. Cowboys was a 13-9 victory. Like they weren't doing anything impressive on the offensive side. They were just able to stop teams from scoring. Yeah. And the perfect strategy was run the clock. We yep. can't we can't play the uh we can't play the oh let's get let them get three or let them get a touchdown. There used to be a time where I think it was I want to call it the Peyton Manning rule, where he pretty much was like, You have to score a touchdown every time you get the ball against the Patriots. Because if you give Tom Brady three points or nick and neck here and there, he's going to yep. eat you live. Yeah, and that day has gone. Yeah. That day has gone, gone. And the defense has been giving them, you know, short fields, and the defense has really been doing their job, keeping them in games. Um, but, yeah, when you need to score, you need to score. And if you can't, then you go, you go home during wild card weekend. You know what's uh... – I don't think any team has done before, but it just goes to show like, yeah, we don't trust it. When you win the coin toss and you give him the ball first, mm -hmm. 
That's saying, yeah, nigga, we, y'all ain't got it like that. When we think our defense can stop you yeah. one or two times, yeah. I don't want to say it's disrespectful, but nigga, hey, listen. A little bit. A little bit. And also to see the nigga go out on a pick six, <laughs> be the last. Uh, to a former teammate, like, it was poetic. It was poetic. That game. I gotta go bad for Brady though. I was like, dang, Brady. He was trying to go out on his own terms, but you know. I think he has to. If Brady, if Belichick brings that stuff to the meeting, I think Tom has to come back with the six fingers, and we did this together. Granted. I may lost a step, but I'm still Tom Brady, nigga. Like, get me to pieces, and we can make something happen. Problem is, I don't even know if it was the pieces per se. Like, I've heard that argument, but if you watch those Patriots games, like he was, he would miss a lot of those receivers. Like the balls would be low, or they would be way off, too high. Um. It wasn't just that he didn't have anybody because nobody runs routes, you know, for the Patriots better than Julian Edelman. So it's not, it wasn't the point of, you know, getting open to anything. But then teams started to double him because it was like, all right, I got this rookie over here. Let's see what he'll do. He's been injured. So he hasn't been able to really build a rapport with Tom Brady. So we'll take Edelman out the game and we'll see what you and this Nick kid can do. And it just, it just wasn't there. And it was so strange because Belichick never drafts a wide receiver that high. But he took that dude in the first round when DK Metcalf is still there. And he's been doing nothing but wreaking havoc in the NFC. I don't, it's just very strange behavior from Bill, if you ask me to, you know, I don't know. You mentioned reaching havoc in the NFC. Were you surprised at any of those games? Um, I was surprised that the Vikings beat the Saints, yes. That was uh, very shocking to me. Nigga, we had the Saints going. Yeah, we had the Saints in the Super Bowl. <laughs> so I was like, oh. And Kirk, you know, Kirk be Kirkin. <laughs> and big games, you know, Monday night games, Sunday night games, primetime games, he's he has a terrible record. I don't have it in front of me, but it's like he hasn't won uh, one Monday night game. It's 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 crazy. So I'm thinking Kirk going Kirk, and you know the Saints is gonna run fifty on these niggas. They're at home in New Orleans. Breeze is looking fresh. Offense is looking good. Defense is clicking, and they just laid an egg. I was like, whoa, Nelly. I think we both came up here and said these niggas might break the scoreboard on the Vikings because that's just what it seemed like they were doing all season at will, being able to do whatever they wanted. Um, The Saints didn't look like they wanted that game. Yeah, they had – yeah, it was weird. It was weird. I thought off of pure emotion just from – what happened to you the last time you guys faced each other and you guys being the reason they implemented this new yeah. rule for passing interference. 
that y'all would come out and show a little bit of uh-huh. nah, this is not gonna happen twice. Yeah. When Breeze fumbled the almost the last possession when they when they were um when they could have won the game as opposed to selling for uh the field goal to send mm-hmm. it over. I'm like, fam, like what yeah. Huh? Yeah. All right, so we talked about Brady, the Patriots possibly moving on from Brady. Do you think it's time the Saints move on from Breeze? Um no. They have Taysom Hill and he takes a lot of snaps throughout the game. Um they got Teddy Bridgewater there. He went five and zero when 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 Breeze was out with his injury. Um they have a wide receiver, they have a running back, they got a good defense. Maybe they need a breath of fresh air, no? I think you give you give uh, you give Breeze at least half a season next year to see how he uh, comes off of this loss. Um, I think playing Hill so much in that game kind of I get you trying to Sean Payton always likes to do these sneaky tricky uh, mm-hmm. off, offensive sets, but I think you played him too much. I get it if teams are preparing for Breeze. And you throw Hill in the mix because they haven't really, no one's really seen him. Do that for one or two series. Don't make it something where it's like, oh, Hill's Hill's coming in again. Like you throw yeah. off, you throw off a rhythm. That's like when um, the Eagles had McNabb and Vic at the same time. Right. Yeah, right. it's great to see them run the Wildcat and all that other stuff, but. You throw off a rhythm if one guy's going and you bring him out for somebody else. Yeah. I give uh, I give Breeze at least a half a season, see what happens with Bridgewater in the offseason, because if Bridgewater does become a starting quarterback, somebody else, and you're saying you're going to trust Hill to be your uh, the face going forward, I don't know. I, I think he was playing off of motion. I got to see that consistently. Okay. Fair enough. I got to see that consistently. But going into this weekend's games, who do you have? Um, we're going to do this early so we can. I have the Packers beating the Seahawks. Um, I have the 49ers beating the Vikings. I don't know the AFC matchups. Ravens, Titans, and Chiefs, Texans. Oh, yeah, I got the Ravens and the Chiefs. The Texans almost lost that game. Even when they had the game won, I'm like, Bill O'Brien is such a doofus. Of course he's going to find a way to mess this up and lose this game. And sure enough, the Bills had that sack on Deshaun, and he's just gifted from God, and he was able to spin out of it make something of it, and they go on to win that game. I thought Deshaun Watson was going to die when he yeah. got hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it wasn't one play. He got hit by yeah, two. It was two. And it was probably, you know, the grace of God or whoever, the football guards, that it was two of them because I think he bounced off of one of them and he was able to just spin out of it. But if they would have wrapped him up, that's it. And the you know the, the the narrative continues for the Texans in the playoffs. These wild card matches that they cannot seem to win, 
And then I'm like, here we are. Here we are again with Bill O'Brien with these stupid play calls and these stupid decisions. You're about to lose this game again. They were doing everything in their power to try to lose that game. And they almost lost it. So I have no faith in in the Texans going up against, you said the Chiefs? Nah. No way. And <laughs> <laughs> we predicted the, the Saints was going to run the score. I know the Ravens will <laughs> run it up <laughs> on, on the Titans. They had a nice little magical run. It's been cute. They can run the ball, so that's that that I'll keep that in mind because when you run the ball, you you have you know a lot of possessions and eating up the clock. You can keep the uh, opponent off the field, but nah, I got the Ravens punching first. Before before you and because I said the a previous topic was going to lead us here, and we mentioned the Titans being able to um, keep Brady off the field and. I noticed something very important in the very final minutes of the fourth quarter, them taking a minute and 44 seconds off the clock with penalties, not being afraid to run a play clock down, mm-hmm. get the delay of game, move the yardage back, run a play. Like that type of stuff doesn't go unnoticed. Yeah. So I asked you, you said you're talking about the Ravens. How do you stop Lamar Jackson if you're the Texans? You can't. You, I don't. You you honestly can't because he's reading defenses better. You know he's grown so much from last postseason when the Chargers seemingly had the blueprint on how to stop this young kid. But no, nobody can stop him. He's just he's just a dual threat, and he's not just a running quarterback. He's hella fast. So it's not like. I can just get out the pocket and kind of scramble. Like, I can get out the pocket and I'm gone. And I can hit you with a one-two spin-off, and you're going to look real stupid on the ground on your knees, and I'm 10 yards ahead of you. He can throw down the field. Those wide receivers be open. Those tight ends be open. I can't see the Titans stopping him. Only way you can stop Lamar Jackson, um, and we played this game uh, – how would you build your defense around to defend Lamar? And at first I said, oh, do do a couple, like, fluff zones where you have people in the middle, your linebackers are in the middle, playing zone, to give rid of, like, the, the little short route stuff. But if he burns you 10 yards, then what's going to happen? Person's going to uh, get behind your DB, and he's throwing it. Mm-hmm. Only way you really can keep Lamar Jackson out of the game is to do just that. Control the clock yeah. and make sure he's on the sidelines. Yeah, that's your best hope. And they can do the Titans have the running back to do that. But I think that the Ravian the Ravians, the Ravens come out <laughs> swing the the Ravians, that's a new name. The Ravians come out swinging first and um the Titans will have to play catch up, and then it's just nothing to catch up to. It's just going to be like we out. I think um, Harbaugh uses Ingram, Jackson, and RG three um, as his, his his presence. I feel like those the three of them because if you go same conversation, if you go and saying we're going to plan for how do we stop Lamar. And 
now you're running an option with him and RG3 like they did early in the season. I think Harbaugh's got a, a bunch of trick plays up his uh, sleeve. Oh, yeah, for sure. But uh, I agree. Um, well, before I, I agree, I don't want to see a Tannehill um, cousin Super Bowl because we just repurposed the day after that. I wouldn't even watch the game. <laughs> no, nobody's watching that. Who's watching that? <laughs> Why watching watch? that? Like, nobody even know who Ryan Tannehill is. <laughs> nah. No, yeah. I, I thought that nigga retired, actually. Where did he even come from? Miami? Yeah, last I knew he was with the Dolphins, and I thought he retired. And I'm seeing Titans highlights with Ryan Tannehill. I'm like, Ryan Tannehill? What? Them, them niggas benched Mariota like week seven, and he's been on a tear since week seven. So, But I got uh, 49ers as well. Um, I got the Ravens because that should have been the Bills in that position anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to recall your attention to the Seahawks-Packers game from last year in the uh, playoffs when – Seahawks came back from like thirty-five to win to win that. Mm-hmm. Um, it did. And you got beast mode now, so I think it's going to be Aaron Jones and Lashawn, um, Marshawn Lynch, pretty much uh, running the game. No pun intended, but <laughs> I think you got Rogers and uh, Rogers and Wilson are just going to be clock managers. For the other dude, like let's get a let's get a first down here and there, but um, I yeah I picked the Seahawks in that, and of course uh, Patty Mahomes over uh, JJ Watt. It's too many weapons in Kansas City, and Andy Reid is one of those coaches where. You feel bad for him because he's such a good coach. He's had great quarterbacks. Just <laughs> <laughs> hasn't won. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think. Uh, maybe, now, maybe now is his time. You know, Belichick and, and the Patriots, they're not there. You know, he was this this close last year, and officials got in the way of that again, and then the Patriots in the Super Bowl. So maybe this is his year. I want to see a Chiefs Ravens AFC. Um, Boss, we need that. I, I want to see that, and I want that to go we need that down black, to the wire. Light skin versus dark skin. Who would you? Who yeah. would you team? Team dark or team light? Is your uh, caramel <laughs> complexion so you're like in the middle? Where you I think if they had a foot race, Lamar Jackson beats Patrick Mahomes. But if you're talking about a throwing contest, Patrick Mahomes all day, every day. He has he has the best arm in the league. So, and that's what I'm saying. So if you 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 think you're gonna try to stop Tyreek Hill? Oh wait, you got Travis Kelsey. Oh wait, you got Damian Williams. Oh wait, you got Sammy Watkins. Oh wait, you got Harp. Like there's too many people. And if you if you double team one of them, guess what? The nigga can still run for ten yards. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can say the same thing for the Ravens. I don't. Lamar had one play where he threw a bomb, and I was against uh, the very first game of the season against the 
Dolphins, where he stood in the pocket and he just launched it like <laughs> 50 yards. I haven't seen that the rest of the year. I've seen him like, I don't want to say nickel and dime because he doesn't like, it's not a check down quarterback, but I haven't seen him throw like that since. Yeah, he got bombs. He got that Antonio Brown's cousin, Hollywood Brown. Yeah. But that down. nigga's fast, though. That, I, yeah, he's fast. That'll be that'll be a good that'll be a good AFC uh, matchup. I'm but they got to get past their respective teams this yeah. week. I, I said any given Sunday. I'm very confident that they will. Can't look past. Uh, can't look past. In the playoffs, in the regular season, you can be like, all right, yeah, nigga, we're going to look past you because we see next week we got blah, blah, blah. But in the playoffs, any given Sunday, nigga, you can go home, ask, ask the Patriots, ask the Vikings. I mean, yeah. Saints. Yeah. All you need is one. Keep getting one. Yeah, we'll see. Um, Switching gears from... This is the most exciting time for football. Uh, but switching gears from that, I want to ask your opinion about a one Derrick Rose. And you may be like, nigga, why are we talking about Derrick Rose? Quietly in Detroit, he's balling. Yeah. You've been getting to it. And if you look at the comparison, the numbers he's had this year versus his NBC, uh, NB. <laughs> Nigga, what's wrong with us today? I know, right? <laughs> MVP season in 2010-2011, he averaged 24 on 45, 44% uh, shooting, 7 assists, 3 rebounds, 1 steal, and as of right now with the Pistons, He's averaging 24.8 on 49%, 8 assists, 3 rebounds, and 1.4 steals. Yeah. Get into it. Very quietly, but... um, Yeah, it's a terrible market. Like, you're watching Blake Griffin just kind of, like, deteriorate out there. Andre Drummond... He's not even like when you talk about bigs in the league, nobody even mentions him. Um, it's just like a wasted market right now. He's got a high. He's got a high trade value. A lot of teams yeah. interested Drummond. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What was I gonna say? Oh, do you have any trade predictions uh, by the deadline? Kuzma's out of L. <laughs> Who's yeah. out of L.A.? Tell your trainer to shut the hell up. <laughs> Nigga. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just confused as to why they put so much stock in Kuzma to make it seem in like the he first was... place, right? Like, y'all got rid of 20 niggas and y'all kept Kuz? And Ingram is balling. And Ingram is balling. Ingram is balling. I'm like, all right. That nigga been ghost here and there, sprinkles, like, send that nigga packing. Uh, I think Kuz is out. I think Drummond, um, I think Drummond's out. Uh, love. Yo, that nigga was frustrated <laughs> the, the other night. <laughs> <laughs> nigga, nigga was trying to run a clock. 
Cavs got a free Kevin Love, bro. I don't know what made him sign that extension when LeBron left. Like, what were you thinking? That I, I have Why no idea. Why do you think LeBron idea. left? <laughs> Nigga, I would have took that as I, I had my agent on the phone like, uh-uh. <laughs> no, sir. Like, bro, you're bugging. This is his hometown. And he's like, nah, I'm good. They talking about LA. Like, this ain't it. <laughs> Nigga took an extension in Ohio. Yeah, that that <laughs> some niggas just some niggas just want the money, man. Oh yeah, yeah, I see. Some niggas just want the money. Um, I don't think anybody else. I don't want to say impactful gets traded, but I feel like Jamal Crawford should be on somebody's team. Really? Still? Yeah, still. When was the last time he played? Hold on. I know he's been a, a big three <laughs> superstar. Yeah. Hold on. What was his last team? The Clippers? Yeah. I keep but he, he was Lou Will before Lou Will. Wait. Whoa. Yeah. Let me see something here. Do, 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 do. No, Lou this Will is named his son six. <laughs> Who? Lou Will. He just had a son. He named him six. Like, has he been the sixth man of the year for like the past 60 years? Uh, <laughs> um, Phoenix, they were saying it's his last team listed. He was in Minnesota before, but Phoenix, last team Listed for Jamal Crawford. Wow. I thought Detroit was a black hole. Phoenix might be worse. Yeah. Free dad. How do you feel about niggas that um they get a like a like a poster dunk, but they're down forty and they celebrate like Yeah, you corny. <laughs> 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 you corny. <laughs> That's empty calories. Like you hype for what? Y'all still down by a million points. You're not gonna win this game. You got a little moment, okay? Sweat. <laughs> Sweat, chief. Oh man, your boys getting the send off in Miami. I'm sure you're. Uh... Got my ticket. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, well, don't be. Do not be. Surprised. But yeah, they're making it a three-day event uh, for Wade's retirement, um, retirement, Jersey retirement. The day one, you may know this better than me. Uh, I just had this. day one. They're doing something. Day two is actual. Um, no, no. Day one, they're chronological. Chronolo- they're pretty much showing a video of the niggas last season on the, fi- on the court and off the court. His, his legendary mm-hmm. moments. Day two is the jersey. The jersey and day three is, three is the, the documentary. documentary. 
and I can't wait. Are you uh, recording it? Sure. It's going to be in my cloud DVR forever. That's like when I uh, recorded the AI Jersey retirement and these bum-ass niggas brought a boat <laughs> on the court. That <laughs> coach would have never gave that nigga a, a speedboat. Wasn't even like a... All right. Yeah. So hopefully Miami does better uh, towards Wade than what Philly did for AI. He left on bad terms, didn't he? Nigga, his daughter was sick the last, the very last season in Philly. Okay. And I, I don't want to say, call it low management, but essentially he didn't play because his daughter was sick. Like in the hospital and all this other stuff. So he chose to spend time taking care of his daughter than admirable contract. Yeah. Well, did you see that, uh, speaking about load management, that uh, execs, owners, and uh, some coaches are starting to get frustrated with the uh, load management that's going on, saying that it's getting out of hand? It is. It is getting out of hand. I don't blame them. Do you think they find a medium? I do. I do. Um We've seen Adam Silver work, you know, making changes to, you know, league policies and trying to make the game better. So I have no doubt that they come to some type of medium. I I think that they will um, change the scheduling somehow, you know, like condense it. I don't know, stretch it out a little bit. I don't know. I don't know how, but the three games in five days, like, that's taxing for anybody, you know, like, so that, that part has to be fixed. Um, you fix that. And then, you know, I think everybody is, is satisfied. Do you, are you a fan for a shortened NBA schedule? If that's the case? Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind that. Cause they don't really start balling until like a little bit before like it's like January, like season don't really start for anybody until like January, and then you crank it up after All Star, and you know you start making your playoff push and you know playing for seeding and so yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think they need a September preseason or October preseason and a late October starting December. I'll be cool with that. Like the year they had the lockout. Um... I don't want to speak to the conditioning, but if it's a shorter season and like you mentioned, if teams don't start revving up to January anyway, do you think we get um, lackluster games or you think it's the, because the season's condensed, people get into a rhythm sooner rather than yeah, later? Yeah, they get into a rhythm sooner rather than later because the games, you don't have that much time. You know what I mean? So every game matters. So you get right to it. I don't mind like a Christmas opening day type thing. That would actually be dope. 
I was just ready to say if basketball season started on Christmas, because you already got games planned for Christmas Day. Yeah. If basketball season started on Christmas, that wouldn't be. But how many games would you have open at night? Yeah, that's the thing. Or would you do right, the same? You like, only have like five open at night games. If that many. It's usually not a lot. Like the whole league wouldn't be playing. It would just be like a few teams. Like 10, 12 teams. The champion for sure. Yeah, champion for sure. Um, some conference rivals. Um, and then something maybe that's just like fun, like, you know, New Orleans with like Zion and B.I. and Zoe. Or like Grizzlies with John Morant. Something like that. Somebody, some team with like some exciting young prospect that's going to give you like six highlights for the game. John Morant is for sure giving you at least three. Trey Young will give you like five. We have yet to see what uh, Zion will do. He's back on five on five practices as of today. So he's a little bit late on the timeline. Um, he was supposed to be back playing by December, and here we are, January 2020. Um, so that's a little bit concerning for me. But we'll see. We'll see what happens with that, with Zion. Do you think if he plays at least three months, he can get still rookie of the year? No. No. No way. <laughs> <laughs> I think John Morant, although I although I'm rooting for um Kendrick Nunn, undrafted point guard for the Miami Heat. Um he's been Bias. killing quietly. Your bias is showing. Um he's got pretty good numbers. They're not really that 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 far out from Jaws. I think he's averaging like two points less or something like that. Um, so the numbers are pretty even. But I think John Moran has it locked up. Doesn't matter what Zion comes back and do. Nigga <laughs> <laughs> like sat for three months and want to come back. Nah. Nah. What prevents him from just sitting out the year, rehabbing, getting better, and then just starting being a terror next year? Um, I think he'll try to play. I think he'll try to play, see how he feels, see how the knee feels. Um, and if it's not, if it's not at least 80%, I can see them shutting him down. <laughs> like... <laughs> Because that's a really expensive investment, you know what I mean? And it's like, all right, maybe you could just do this surgery and we'll catch you in the 2020 season. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't even be surprised if they did that because I really don't see him coming back and being close to healthy because it's taking him so long just to even get on the practice floor when he was supposed to be playing by now. So, um, 
Yeah, it ain't looking that good for for Zion this this season in my eyes. In my eyes. Um, so yeah, I would just I would shut him down if I was the, the Pelicans. To get the surgery, boy. You know, change your diet, get a nutritionist, get a trainer, take care of your body, come back next season. I'm gonna ask you uh one question before we get out. Um before that <laughs> Dallas got another example of the person that they just let go with uh, Mike McCarthy. They got their coach. Giants got the <laughs> right receiver coach. <laughs> like, sometimes I just don't understand decisions. Oh, man. The, <laughs> the, <laughs> the Giants were trying to interview Matt Rule who took the Carolina coaching job for seven years, $60 million, which is crazy. And one day we're going to have the conversation about NFL, its biases, and its prejudice against black head coaches um, because it's really glaring. But the nigga was like, hey, yo, Giants. <laughs> Carolina offering me seven years for 60 million. What you got? <laughs> The Giants is like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> you go, you go right ahead. ahead. <laughs> you go right ahead. You take that. Give but, them um, more starts. Yeah, the nigga was supposed to interview with them tomorrow, and he was like, yeah, I got some numbers right here, and <laughs> y'all can't beat that. I'm not even coming up here. So <laughs> don't even send the jet. Um, but it's crazy. Giants ended up getting what's his name, Joe Judge. Yeah, the the Patriots receiver coach. Yeah, I saw a tweet from 2020. Uh, Ian Rappaport had mentioned him throwing a kid over a bench at a college game. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what he does with the Giants. Okay, Bobby Knight. Yeah, he seemed like the crazy one. Um. So, yeah, it's crazy out here. Ron Rivera's with the Redskins. I don't think we mentioned that. Um, Did you see the Redskins owner wish niggas happy Thanksgiving happy on Thanksgiving. January 2nd? Happy Thanksgiving. Like, the opening line. It's like, <laughs> bruh, we are fresh off the new year. Why, <laughs> why are you talking about happy Thanksgiving? Furthermore, you are the owner of a a team with a nasty stereotype name towards Native Americans, and you want to mention Thanksgiving? I saw that and said, if there's anybody less disconnected than this person, I don't believe it. Bro. I don't believe it. If there's anybody less disconnected than a Redskins owner, I do not believe you. That nigga's out of his mind. <laughs> That nigga's out of his mind. I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know. I don't know. My question before we get out of here. If you're in college, play a sport, you're there's talks about you uh, going first because of your potential, all that other stuff. Would you rather 
be drafted number one overall and go to a terrible team or be drafted in a, let's say, sixth round, go to a good team and increase your chances of winning sooner? Um... In general, I would take nah, I would rather go I would rather I would rather be number one. Why? Oh, who doesn't want to be number one? But you're number one and you go to a team. I mean, but it 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 goes with your you know, it goes with your titles, number one, first overall pick. You know, and then the rest of it follows all-star appearances, Pro Bowl, whatever, whatever, MVPs, like where you were drafted goes in your title. Um, so, yeah, just, I would like, you know, just, I would rather be number one because then it says that you're the, you're the best. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's also a, a, a confirmation of, the work that you've put in for all those years and the blood, the sweat, the tears, the good, the bad, the ugly, the fights, the travel, the injuries, exhaustion, being away from family, like it just affirms that it all, you know, it all made sense and I'm on the right path. I'm the best at what I do. I'm going to be selected first overall. And be miserable for the next couple years because you're on a team that was maybe one in sixteen the previous season or zero in sixteen or like three in seventy five, whatever. Nigga, take me six round. Let me go to uh, a contender. We win. I can be MVP and yeah, all that other stuff is for the birds. But I do understand most people's uh thought process of saying no I'd rather go number one or first round because I can get the guaranteed money right off the bat you can't you never know what's going to happen um, I'd rather get my money up front than wait till I have to renegotiate my rookie contract oh wait this is NFL I'm just, I'm just saying in general but wait you know but it changes if it's the NFL because like in the NFL, if you're not drafted in the first round, your money is not guaranteed. You can be cut at any time. If you get injured, they'll cut you. It's like it's really cutthroat with the NFL. NBA is a little bit different. Um, also, team turnarounds in the NFL take longer. It's much harder. It's a lot more that goes into it um, than in the NBA. So... I think the answer changes depending on the sport. I, you get because like the NBA right now, the, the, the Golden State Warriors could have a first-round draft pick, a top five, a lottery pick, right? They just happen to have a bad season, but that's a very well-run organization, very stable, had a coach in there for the past you know, five, six years, however many years it was, great GM, great owner, great location, great city. All around good. They just happen to, you know, have fallen off this season. 
that that's one um that's one example that's like the uh it's a bit of an outlier, but it is because it is. next year they're gonna be right back to where they were with a number one with a number one pick. It's not like it's gonna take them years to get back to where they were. They're gonna be right back with their three all stars, four all stars, and a number one pick. Yeah. Yeah. But um, what was I saying? Oh, the point that I was trying to make is that it's easier to go from a losing team one year to a average team the next year to a playoff team the next year to a contender. You know what I mean? Like it's easy. That's an easier process in the NBA is in like a two, three year span, you know, um, going from a rookie building up on your game, growing with the organization that you're with. That's an easier turnaround than say the NFL where, you know, you might, make the wrong picks and then you're back at square one and then the coach is no good and then the owner is crazy and it's a really bad run organization, you know, kind of like the Browns. And it's just like, it don't, no matter what, no matter who you pick, no matter who you draft, no matter what coach you hire, no matter what GM you bring in, we're just going to be a losing team. So I think my answer changes depending on the sport. Definitely number one, if we're talking NBA, um, I mean the NFL. Wait, hold on. Yeah, I will take the top pick for the NFL because the money's guaranteed. Um, team structure is a little bit better. NBA. I'll take a second round, third, you know, and work up to an MVP. All right. All right. I ain't got no qualms with that. I think my only issue with a number one pick in any sport is that, yeah, I've worked my butt off. Yeah, this is validation. If I win an award or something in college, maybe a Heisman or uh, most valuable player in uh, the NCAA. Yeah, if I if I've been validated by the hard um the hard um the hard work and the uh, hardware in terms of trophies, I'm going to feel the type of way going to a team that's, like, bottom feeder. Even though I'm number one, like, my mindset is, yeah, I want to win, though. I, I, I appreciate being drafted number one overall and all that other stuff, but look at how it worked out for Greg Oden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh... I believe that's all we got for the day. We gave you picks. We gave you sports. And yeah, that's that's pretty much it. There's no excuses because it's midweek. It's midweek. There's no excuses. Say that for Friday. All right, my niggas. Facts. That's that's all I have. Oh, yes, sir.